Hello and welcome to Dog Talk with me, your host, Nick Benger, the ultimate podcast to help you take the next step in your dog training journey by learning from the best experts from around the world. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Christmas special episode. I just want to say a few things. Firstly, I'm not going to run ads on this episode because this feels like an episode that is mostly giving back to the people that listen regularly. And on that point, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, this is not the greatest episode for you. If it is your first time, then listen to one of the other episodes like Bob Bailey, Robert Hewings, Jane Arden, Ken Ramirez, Sarah Owings. Those are some great podcasts to get into this podcast series with um so yeah but if you have been listening then i hope you enjoy this episode please do me a little bit of a favor this christmas and leave a review of the podcast on itunes or whatever you're listening on because that really helps us to come up higher in the search rankings but other than that i'm going to get straight into it see you guys Hello, what's up, guys? It's Christmas. This is kind of weird. It's gone. Uh, it's gone by pretty quick. So this is going to be a different episode because I, I want to. Well, it just feels like it should be different. This is a Christmas show, and uh, it's it's a bit of a special one. It's only going to happen once a year. So I want to reflect on where we're at, what's happened this year. Uh, I've got a couple of announcements to make, uh, and I'll kind of stagger them through the show. So that you have to listen to it all because I'm just evil like that. Um, and then I want to answer some of the questions that you've you've sent in on the Dog Talk Facebook discussion group, and uh, yeah, mention some of the things that you you discovered from this podcast. So it's kind of a little bit of a collaboration with those of you that listen and contribute to the group as well. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So let's just go through this. So. I wanted to start out just by kind of reflecting on this year because this... Okay, so to give you a little bit of history, I started this podcast in, I believe it was 2016, and I did about 15 or 16 episodes, and it was it was much worse in terms of production, but we I had a lot of fun with it. I just started it just as an attempt to talk to people that I admired and and also I was a huge fan of podcasts already so I just wanted to give it a go really I like the idea of having a podcast so I did 15 or 16 episodes I was having huge issues with a recorder called Pamela which records podcasts for you it's kind of a good entry point because you can record a Skype call but because it runs on software if there was any kind of lagging connection it would throw the voices out of sync and it would just cause huge problems to the point where I would either have to cut big parts of the podcast out or I would just have to ditch whole podcasts. So anyway, uh, I did a podcast with Dominic Hodgson who taught me a huge amount about running a pet business and and it didn't. we got to the end and it didn't record and I just remember the kind of just remember feeling mortified, you know, I just remembered feeling so horrible because it just feels like you've wasted someone's time, 
you know when you when you book an hour of someone's time to record a podcast as someone that's self-employed i kind of understand the value of time and it's almost like stealing you know is unintentionally you've stolen that person's time and i just felt so bad about that so i just stopped you know i just felt so awful i didn't want that to happen again and so i stopped doing it because i felt like well i i don't want to continue doing it with pamela and i'm not sure how else to do it and i just kind of stopped initially with the thought of well i'll figure out a different way of doing it but then i never got started again so I took probably about a year off, which was a shame because think of the amount of episodes we could have now if I kept going and I figured it out straight away instead of putting it off. But, you know, we are where we are and you just, you know, you learn from your experiences, I guess. So anyway, I ended up restarting the podcast. But that wasn't my intention. Basically, me, Eric Brad, and Joe Rosie Haffenden were... Uh, talking on Facebook and I just said you know why don't we just jump on Skype and and do a call and we were talking about I can't remember why but we were talking about aversives and the kind of whole debate around aversives uh, particularly with a focus on electric collars because that's such a kind of hot topic over the last few years with them being banned in the UK and just the ongoing debate and then being that we were doing that call, it just kind of seemed like a real wasted opportunity not to record that. You know, I it's just like, we're having this conversation anyway, I might as well record it and add it to the feed so that those of you that listen to the podcast or, or anyone can get hold of that. So I just, I recorded that on a whim, I guess. And... Yeah, we had, so we had that big discussion. And then around the same kind of time, I'd shared a video of some training that had happened at Kolmarden Zoo in Sweden of them recall training their lions. So they basically whistle trained them. And I loved that video because it was so, f- so similar to what I do with dogs. And I'm constantly hearing about, I can't train my dog to do... I can't train my dog to recall because it's a, you know, insert breed. It's a husky or it's a greyhound, so they won't come back. So I shared that video because I just wanted to kind of show, look, look these guys are doing this with freaking lions, right? If they can do it with lions, you can do it with your greyhound, you can do it with your husky, you can do it with your Shiba Inu or whatever breed that you want to put in that hole. Um... Anyway, so once I shared that video, it went crazy viral. It it really, I think it's certainly up there with one of the most shared things I've ever posted. It just went crazy. And uh, actually, a little bit of a shout out, actually, just to kind of give credit where it's due. I first came across that video on the Positive Force Free Library group, and it was posted by, I hope I get her name right. Her name is Robin for sure. Um, I think it's Robin Metcalf that runs a group and I saw it there and then I, I took it from there and, and shared it on my page and it went crazy. And then this guy called Peter Gilgem sent me a message and just said, Hey Nick, thanks for sharing our video. Um, I, I'm the person that did this training. I'm the person that, uh, 
I, I can't remember the official title, but essentially head of training at, at um, Karl Marden Zoo. So if you have any questions or, if, you know, if the, yeah, basically, if you have any questions, then I'm here, you know. Uh, so I was like, awesome. And then being that that post went so viral, it was like, this makes sense. We might as well do a podcast on this and just kind of explain it because there was just hundreds of comments and a lot of them question, a lot of them dismissive and a lot of them questioning the validity of it. So, yeah. So, so me and Peter arranged a time and we did a, did a podcast on, on training zoo animals with positive reinforcement. And we kind of combated some of the comments that were dismissive of what Peter had been doing at Colmarden Zoo. So at that point, I'd done two podcasts. I kind of unintentionally started it up again. And so from there, I was getting into the swing of things again. And I was like, well, I might as well get started. I I always enjoyed podcasting. It wasn't that. So I purchased a Zoom recorder. I won't go into the details of it, but basically I figured out the technical aspect of how to record a podcast and not completely fuck it up so i sorted all of that out i sorted the technical aspect of it out and i wanted to start the podcast again so the first person i had on as a guest who i think a lot of you really enjoyed was rachel wilson um rachel wilson has a great page on bike drawing and canny cross with her dog hulk the staffy and I always just loved following her posts. So it was an opportunity to talk to her and kind of share information on how to get started in bike drawing and canny cross. Because one of the big things I've found with, with dog sports is people just don't know how to start. You know, it's really daunting trying to figure out how to get going in these things. And I know that's put me off in the past. At one point, I really wanted to try working trials. And it's like, actually, it's not even just working trials. You know, I, I wanted to to try working trials, I wanted to try Mondio Ring, I wanted to try IPO, and if you're in those crowds, then you you just know the rules, you know, I'm sure that they are out there, You but you understand how it works, but if you're not in the crowd, it's like, it's difficult to figure out what the hell's going on, and there's no information, or there's very little information online about how to get started in these sports. Uh, basically, the general advice is go to one of these training days. So basically, it's just not very accessible, right? Like, you know, this is 2018, so much stuff is online, but and you kind of have an expectation of, like, where is the information? So, so that puts a lot of people off starting sports with their dogs, which is a tragedy. Um, so I really want... Anyway, so I wanted to get the information out there, and Rachel was just a perfect person to do it because I loved her stuff on facebook so we did a podcast on bike drawing and canny cross that was great fun and and we've just been going since you know it's just continued to go and it's one it's just really surprised me because it's just been so nice to see this grow it's just been so nice to see people get on board and uh support the podcast share it I mean, one of the best things that I've done is start the podcast discussion group because it has given me the positive reinforcement to continue doing the podcast. And I know from talking to people like Eric Brad and other people that have created content, one of the biggest struggles to keep, one of the biggest struggles about creating content is to keep going. 
because the people that tend to comment are the people that are just naysayers that just want to put you down that just want to find the flaw in what you're doing and so you're constantly just getting this barrage of punishment from negative people and so one of the best things i did was i created this facebook group and I don't know. I've never ran a, a successful Facebook group before, and, and I've tried. You know, I have set up Facebook groups before, and they just never really gained traction, and they've always seemed like a lot of work to get people going in. But I was really lucky that I started this dis- discussion group, and in the beginning, I just posted some the podcasts as they came out in there, and just to see it grow. You know, we're over a 1,000 members now, and just to see the discussions we've we have in there, you know, because we, we have because I, you know, default add the previous guests of the podcast in there. I mean, some of the discussions that have been in there are just just incredible. You know, I saw Peter Derman, who's one of the uh, fans of the podcast. He said that we should turn it into a PDF because the the discussion is just at such a high level, and it's just so incredible you know we've had discussions with people that like uh john mcguigan joe rosie sarah owings eric brad uh eileen anderson all of these people commenting on deep subjects like choice and husbandry training and it's just like this is just mind-blowing this is becoming such an awesome resource and it also gives me the positive reinforcement to continually make these podcasts to see people that are enjoying them, that are anticipating and and looking forward to them coming out and to know that I'm kind of providing people with educational entertainment that they enjoy and also just connecting people because I've always found that hugely reinforcing to put people together, to introduce people to other people and just kind of see that relationship blossom um, is, is just incredible. I can't think of an example now, but there are many for sure i know it there are many people that have been introduced to various people you know i see uh i see people that i know are podcast listeners on other people's pages that have been guests asking when their books are coming out asking about their courses and all of this kind of stuff and to just kind of know that there's a good chance that i introduced that person to that person is is very reinforcing and and uh, a really cool thing to to do, and to know that the hour that you took up with that person's time is actually going to result in hopefully some financial benefit for that person, or at least some more engagement on whatever they're putting out there. So, huge thank you to everyone that's listened to it and enjoyed it, because. And, you know, contributed in the groups and, and done all that kind of stuff because it's it's kept me going and it's just been a, a great thing to be a part of. And I hope that I can continue to provide really awesome content um, and continue to please you guys and, and vice, vice versa. You know, I know through doing that, you're going to um, make this a whole reinforcing experience for me. So, first announcement, I did a poll on the group of who was your guest of the heat who was the guest oh my god i can't speak now this is what happens when i do a podcast on my own i can't i i need the guest to fill the space um i did a poll on the group of who was your guest of the year 
who did you enjoy listening to the most or 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 what was your favorite episode uh which is an idea that I stole from a podcast called Fighter and the Kid. And actually, one of the funny things is I was I was thinking about what can we do for an award? You know, what... Like, if we're going to do this poll and you're going to choose your guest of the year, what can I do for the, get, the person that wins it? Like, I was... And on Fighter and the Kid, they get a proper wrestling belt. You know, they get like a WWE-style Fighter and the Kid guest of the year wrestling belt. And I thought, oh my god, that would be so funny. That that would just be hilarious to see the winner just in some Facebook video with this giant WWE-style belt over their shoulder. That would just make me laugh so much. But, um, yeah. Suffice to say, we don't have that budget yet. (laughs) So I did consider trophies and stuff. But I think, look, this is our first year. Give us... Give or this is our first year doing it, doing the guest of the year award, and our first year doing podcasting a little bit more seriously. So, yeah, give us give us a break, and we'll uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully at some point we'll be able to do some more extravagant stuff. But uh, at this point, uh, I think that you're just gonna have to take the bragging rights. So, who won? Um, I almost feel like I got to build up the suspense here, like Ant and Deck or something. Who? The person that won Guest of the Year was Jane Arden. So Jane Arden um, is a gun dog trainer uh, based in the UK, and she's been a friend of mine for a long time. She was actually one of my lecturers at university, and she's just a really cool person. And I, I get a sense that's probably why you guys enjoyed that podcast so much, because I've known Jane long enough to know all of her... Well, not all of her, I'm sure, but know a lot of her really awesome stories. So I think I spent most of that podcast just trying to tease those stories out so that you could enjoy them because Jane has got some really funny and just great stories. She's very down to earth and she has a hell of a lot of knowledge. And also this was coming off the back of me attending her her workshop, uh, the Stop, Come, Click workshop Um that was hosted by uh, Caroline Wilkinson of... Um, oh, what's Caroline's business called? Uh, I'll add it in the show notes. I can't remember her business now off the top of my head. But um, Caroline's an awesome person as well. So, um, yeah. So, I got a opportunity to attend that um, workshop. And, and so, we could kind of go off of that as well. So, we had a lot of fun with that and I think that that came across in the podcast so um, I'm really glad that you all enjoyed that podcast so much because I hope Jane won't mind me saying this but the competition was pretty freaking intense you know like let me just read off the top five so uh second in the poll was Ken Ramirez I mean Ken Ramirez is a is a legend we had Sarah Owings so Sarah Owings had the most popular podcast of the year, the most listened to podcast, which was on choice and dog training. Then there was Bob Bailey. <laughs> All right. Like the, the quality of these names, like this is some intense competition. And then there was Hannah Brannigan from the drinking from the toilet podcast. So Hannah's got a lot of fans on her podcast as well. So yeah, a uh, huge respect to Jane. 
just absolutely crushed it. And and I guess that we shouldn't be too surprised by that because uh, Jane won the Kennel Club Instructor of the Year award uh, not too long ago. So she's obviously got a knack for winning uh, polls. So yeah, huge respect for Jane. So I also put a post in the group about what did you discover from the podcast this year? I wanted to hear back from you about the things that you have enjoyed in the episodes this year. So let me just read a few of those out and respond to them as they come. So the first one is from Chris Peters. Chris said uh, that I still have so much to learn about dog training with new things like proprioception training and new terms like husbandry. Some of it might be because English isn't my native language, but still get the feeling there is so many more subfields so to say of dog training i didn't know about so to say of dog training i didn't know about so chris enjoyed that there are so many subfields of dog training that that he's discovering through the podcast so the the proprioception oh my god i can't talk now the proprioception stuff is a reference to the the podcast i did with sam turner uh sam was was on the show well, she was going to come on the show anyway. Well, okay, now I sound cocky. The list, I had, I, I have a list that I keep of people that I... Re- it's kind of like a wish list of episodes I really want to do. And, and Sam's definitely been on there for a while, you know, because proprioception is a little bit mind-blowing. I didn't know much about it, and I still don't know a huge amount about it. And Sam is kind of crafting out a hell of a niche for herself there. She's she's really uh, building her her... Um, what would you her reputation in that field and anyway so John McGuigan sent me a message and said would you like to do a podcast with Sam and put us in touch and I was like hell yeah let's let's do that so we did a podcast together and and that was another uh, very popular podcast I think that introduced a lot of people to proprioception training and so it's no surprise you know that that that's new to you chris to be honest because that was new to me as well uh so yeah i'm really glad you enjoyed that the other uh one is well i've got a few here so jordan bradley jordan says i haven't listened to all the episodes yet but i was given a lot of food for thought by the episode which provided me a new perspective on the operant conditioning quadrants i'm not sure which episode you mean here jordan um, I'm guessing it, it it could have been the the episode with Eric and Joe, quite possibly because I think we we got a little bit deep on the uh, theory there. I can't say for sure which episode you mean, but I'm glad that it helped you out. Uh, Jordan goes on to say the episode with Sam Turner also opened up my mind to the topic of proprioception, which I'd vaguely heard of before but didn't much understand. Yeah, so much like Chris, another huge fan of that episode. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we had the chance to introduce you to to proprioception, Jordan. Oh, trying to hold back a sneeze here. Then we have uh, Jessica Mayfield. Jessica said, "I still haven't listened to every episode." Sensing a theme here, uh, a lot of you haven't listened to every episode, and 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 like I don't blame you for that. Like, there's 35 episodes, there's 35 hours for Christ's sake. Um, so yeah, no worries. Just feel free to pick and choose. You don't have to apologize for that. Um, but I really enjoy them. Great, great stuff, Jess. Um, 
I would be really interested in a topic uh, or a podcast, I think she means, on breed stigmas and BSL, which is breed-specific legislation. Um, I don't think Europe has the same issues we have in North America surrounding pit bulls, which could be a topic in itself if that is the case, but I think it is a topic worth exploring. So since you have since you posted that, Jessica, we've done we've covered this topic a little bit. Um probably not as in depth as, as you would like. So we covered this topic on um did we cover it? I think we covered it in my episode with the um guys from Barking Mad, which is Jordan Shelley and Steve Goodall. Um, so, so check that one out if you haven't already. I think we mentioned that a little bit because Jordan is, Jordan is quite involved in the campaigning against breed specific legislation in this country. Um, cause we have an act called the dangerous dogs act, which restricts the ownership of, um, pit bulls and, and a few other breeds. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a complicated issue in itself. Um, we also covered it a little bit. And I spoke a little bit more about the Dangerous Dogs Act in uh, my episode on the Hair of the Dog podcast with uh, um, with Sarah Dixon, so and and Rebecca. Um, so yeah, check that one out. That was on on their stream, so you'll have to search for Hair of the Dog podcast and find uh, the episode where I was a guest on their podcast. But we spoke about the differences between the US and the UK. Um, both in terms of attitude to dogs and, and some law stuff on that podcast. So go and check that out because we cover it a little bit there. But I, I've taken note of, of your request as well. And I'll try to find someone at some point that uh, is a suitable guest to have a more in-depth uh, whole podcast on um, dog law and, and breed-specific legislation. And hopefully I can give you some more information on that front. But but for now, those are two good starting places. So, that was what you discovered from this podcast. Now, a few questions. So, a couple of you asked questions that you'd like me to answer. So, uh, start off with Natalia Bravo. And huge shout-outs to Natalia as well, because um, Natalia has been one of the most active members in the discussion group. So, I really appreciate your support, Natalia. Um, you've You've... You basically predicted the Bob Bailey episode, which was cool. Uh, yeah, I just uh, you you've uh, added a lot of fun to that group, so huge shout out to you. Natalia asked, "What are your favorite new toys?" So it, the emphasis on the word "new" uh, it makes this a little bit more difficult to answer. Now, I don't. <laughs> I consider myself to be a dog gear geek, but I'm not sure that I keep up with with new dog toys and new releases in the same way that you might keep up with like Netflix shows or something. So you'll have to forgive me on that front. Um in terms of my favorite dog toys, I firstly a little bit of background. I love playing tug with dogs. Um which is why I love a lot of the big dogs. I love Rottweilers, I love Dobermans. Um I love, I love pit bulls, going back to Jessica's, Jessica's comment. 
I love dogs that I can really play tug with and, and you can have a real game with. That's just my personal preference. I love all dogs. So, you know, we have a couple of Chihuahua mixes as well. So um, don't take this as uh, uh, me not liking other breeds. Um, so I love tug games. I love playing tug with dogs. So my favorite toys are usually tugs. And that is going to be a big bias on on my answer to your question. So I love Tug Enough's range of toys. That's Tug E Nuff um, N U F F. They do a really cool range of toys. All of their stuff is is pretty good. They have some good um, chasers, which are, are like a toy with a long piece of fabric behind, so you can kind of whip it around more. And that's a great way of getting dogs interested in playing with toys where they might not already be, because it's it stimulates um, their desire to chase more. You're, you're kind of working on the chase aspect more. You can get the toy to run away from them more. Um, what other toys do I like? Uh, so yeah, I love all of the Tug Enough stuff. I love their bungee tugs. They're great as well. Um, it kind of helps a little bit in stopping some of those big dogs from ripping your arm out because you've got a little bit more give. Um, so yeah, the bungee tugs are great as well. I love all of Tug Enough stuff. Um, I also am a huge fan of Julia's Canine's gear. Um, whenever I go into uh, our local dog shop that has um, has a lot of the cool gear in, I'm always looking at the Julia's Canine stuff. Just because Julia's Canine have captured a feeling where I feel like other breeds haven't. Uh, other breeds, other other brands haven't. Julius Canine, when you have Julius Canine equipment, for me, it makes me feel more like a dog trainer. It makes me feel more like a professional because all of the gear is just so well built and it's just so um, functional. You know, it just feels like uh, someone that was someone in the police or someone that was working security or someone that was really working with dogs out in the field. You know, doing serious stuff. Um, would be using that kind of gear. You know, it's just well built. So I love all of Julius Canine's stuff. I have a huge amount of their stuff. I have a... One of my prized possessions is the Lever Long Line Julius Canine I have. And I've no idea what happened with their stocking of that because I paid something like £25 for my Lever Long Line. And last I checked, it was about five times that price on their website. So I don't know what the hell happened that with that, but um, I got a bit of a bargain there. So that's one of my prized possessions when it comes to gear. I love all the Julius Canine stuff, though. I love their um, long lines and uh, leads too. So yeah, big fan of Julius Canine. And in, in terms of toys, they do some cool uh, bike cushions, which are, are good for... You can use a bike cushion with a pet dog, Um and and those are good fun too. Actually, bike bike cushions are an interesting topic in himself because bike cushion. So I should explain what a bike cushion is. Um, a lot of people that are involved in in bike work will use a bike cushion. It's basically just like a cushion that is made out of something like jute, um, which is a is a material that you see a lot on like uh, um, the bike sleeves as well, which people put over their arm which is part of the logic of it because you're basically introducing a dog to biting onto that material. So the bite cushions will be made of some kind of material like that and then they will have 
usually two hand two or three handles on so that you can hold the cushion um well there's so many different ways you can hold it but one of the classics is to hold it to the side of you um and get the dog used to biting it from there um as you say run away or something like that so bite cushions are really cool because they kind of give you it's almost like a target for the dog and and bite cushions are probably well they are they're just hugely underused i'd say by pet dog trainers they're they're a cool piece of kit and there's nothing to say you can't use those with a pet dog it's not like you've got it hanging off your sleeve or anything there's no kind of uh uh worry there so yeah that's kind of my answer to that tug enough julius canine are probably two of my favorite uh brands when it comes to toys i mean other than mentioning the classics like kongs everyone loves kongs um and also, actually, another one I should give a shout out to is Canine Connectables. So, Canine Connectables are an Irish company that make uh, puzzle toys that can connect together. So, you can buy individual pieces and then screw them together to create various difficulties of of puzzle toy. And actually, um, I have a bit of an association to Canine Connectables because they hired me to write a um, article on. Uh, well, it's on crate training, but I kind of put my own twist on it. So um, it, it's maybe not traditional crate training as you might think of it. So check that out. I'll leave it in the show notes, but you could also just write. I'm sure you could find it if you just searched on Google for Nick Benger Canine Connectables. Um, but I'll put it in the show notes anyway. So yeah, huge shout out to Canine Connectables because uh, they hooked me up and I have... I love their toys. Their toys are great. It's nice to see some innovation on the puzzle toy front because for so long, Kong, I've had a bit of a monopoly. And yeah, they're doing cool things. And they're Irish, so you know, relatively local in terms of the international stage. So yeah, um, well, for me anyway. So moving, I spent a lot of time on your question there, Natalia, but no worries. You probably deserve it for the amount of work you've put in, in the group. Um, Annika... Annika is another cool person because we've worked together, me and Annika. Um, we've uh, Annika's based in Holland and, and we uh, we did a few uh, consultation calls and I, I helped her out a little bit with her dog who's reactive. So Annika asks, maybe you can talk a bit about preparing your dog for the upcoming New Year fireworks. I would love some tips. Okay, you've got... Annika's cheated. She's asked two questions. <laughs> so I'll ask, I'll answer your first one first. So in terms of fireworks, all right, um, a couple of people responded to you and kind of alluded to this. It's definitely too late to train your dog um, not to react to fireworks because, I mean, you you have like um, like 10 days or whatever it is so you, 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 you're just fighting a losing battle there. Um, so we're looking at management, essentially, at this point. So depending on how reactive your dog is to fireworks, you have a couple of different options. If your dog is really stressed out by fireworks, then talk to your vets, because they could well have some medication that can help your dog uh, work through that. And And there's nothing wrong with that. I think a lot of people are um, very nervous about using medication, but if your dog is, you know, really freaking out, then that's a kind option. 
So talk to your vets about medication if your dog is very reactive to fireworks. But then it comes back to the classic things, right? Um, okay, where to start on this? So firstly, have a space where your dog can retreat to if that's something they want to do. So if your dog wants to retreat to a quiet, safe place, then making sure they have the option to do that is a is a great move. The other classic piece of advice is if your dog is looking for comforting, you know, if your dog is sat next to you and they're just kind of like giving you that look that says, help me, then there is nothing wrong with, um, you know, soothing them as much as you can. You know, there's nothing wrong with talking to them. There's nothing wrong with stroking them. There's nothing wrong with um, doing whatever you can to try to comfort your dog. And a lot for a long time, a lot of people really avoided that because they thought that if you do that, then you basically... A lot of people were worried that they would be rewarding fear. So if you stroke your dog and you talk to them when they're scared, then maybe they'll be scared more. Well, that's just a misunderstanding of of what we know about learning. You can't... Okay, I have to be very careful about how I word this because some of you will jump on me if I uh, if I'm not careful. You can't reinforce fear with soothing and being kind to your dog, provided those things aren't scary to your dog. Okay, so please, people, just cut me a break on this one. Don't be looking for loopholes. There's nothing wrong with soothing your dog. You're not going to make your dog more scared. By doing that, the only way you could reinforce fear, as in create more fear, is if you did something that was scary upon the firework. You know, if if the firework went off and you uh, and you shouted at your dog, then yeah, you might make them more scared. I'm not. We have to be very careful about the labels we use because the term reinforcement is comes from behaviorism. And behaviorism describes behavior. It doesn't describe emotions. So we need to, we have to be careful about that. Um, because when we're talking classically about reinforcing and punishment, we're really referring to the dog's behavior. We're not, we're not generally um, referring to the dog's emotions. And that's a subject, it's a sort of subject we would debate on the group. Um, but what I'm saying is don't be worried about soothing your dog if that's what they want. Okay, so you've got three steps there. Give your dog an area where they feel safe if that's what they want to do, if they want to retreat. Soothe your dog if they want to be soothed, you know, if they want to be spoken to and they want to be stroked and that's what they're looking for. There's nothing wrong with that. And third, if your dog is really bad, then, um, or if your da- dog is likely to, to react very badly to fireworks, then talk to your vet about medication. So, your other question, Annika. Um, What is a good New Year's resolution for a dog owner? Um, Ideas and tips for the New Year to start doing with your dog. Man, there are so many good things you can be doing with your dog. Um... Okay, there's so many good things. I mean, one of the things that immediately comes to mind is John McGuigan's advice uh, in his book, 
which I can't remember the amount of minutes he does. I think it says train your dog five minutes a day or something like that. But the point, even if I've got that wrong, the point is the same. If you only train your dog a few minutes a day, you are going to see a huge amount of progress over the course of a year. A lot of people think that they need to go out and train for hours and hours and hours to get results. And actually, a few minutes a day is is absolutely fantastic. I mean, if you look at John's page and you watch his videos of him training Logan, most of them are only a few minutes long. And I mean, look at the stuff that he's achieved with Logan. Um, So that's a great resolution to make. Um, Another great resolution would be, I'm, I'm reminded of my episode with Rachel Wilson, is to start doing something with your dog. And you're going to have to choose the activity based upon what uh, they're both like, what you and and your dog are, are likely to enjoy. So, I mean, but there's so many different sports. As we discussed, there's canning cross, there's bike drawing, there's agility, there's fly ball, there's some of the bite work sports. Um, there's, you know, there's so many different sports that you could be doing with your dog so that's a great resolution as well just doing something with your dog it doesn't even have to be a sport just well okay so now we're going on to my third point (laughs) my third point is here is the thing that i have been pushing so much uh this year particularly is engage with your dog you know so many people they go on these walks and they just ignore their dogs for the extent of the walk the biggest thing in my opinion that you can do to change your relationship with your dog is start interacting with them on walks start doing stuff with them and rather than explain all of this here you've given me a great segue I wrote a free guide to how to get started with engaging with your dog. I actually, um, I marketed this mostly as a, as a way of solving recall problems because I was trying to address the problems that people have. But actually, this is useful. It's what I, call, it's what I always refer to as a keystone habit, which is a term I stole from Charles Duhigg, who wrote the book Power of Habit. Um, what what he means by a keystone habit is if you change this one thing, you will notice knock-on effects in your life that are positive. So one of the examples I think Charles gives is if you, say, start running. So say you start running every day, then what tends to happen is that has knock-on effects. You start feeling better. You start... Uh, eating healthier you start uh, maybe you start going to the gym you know but it it, it basically this one little task starts to have knock-on benefits and that's one of the things I noticed when I started doing engagement training with people is we would do it um, under the basis of let's solve some of your recall problems let's uh, stop the dog from wanting to run away from you all the time and then what would happen is people would start turning up and saying uh, my dog's walking better on the lead, but we haven't done anything for that. Or, um, or you would just see a relationship difference. You know, like one, I can't remember if I've told this story on on the podcast before, but one of the pivotal moments for me was um, seeing the difference between two sessions with one of my clients that arrived with a border collie. And she 
had just come to resent this dog. You know, like, he was just such a pain in the ass for her. And she was just fed up. And it was clear, you know, it was clear that she was just fed up of of trying, of just trying with this dog and, and not getting anywhere. And the only thing we did is start on engagement using the kind of stuff that I wrote in this guide. And when I saw her about two weeks later, like, just seeing her get her dog out of the car with, like, a smile on her face and just seeming, like, so much happier with a dog and, and just seeing so much more connection between the two of them was just massively reinforcing for me and, and a huge sign that there is something here. There is something here that dog owners are repeatedly getting wrong and that needs to be changed and this needs to be made a priority beyond, you know, teaching your dog the traditional sit stay heel like this is a overarching theme that needs to be addressed and isn't being and honestly i could talk about engagement all day because i'm so passionate about it but and and it's become a huge purpose for uh what i'm doing with my dog training stuff um so yeah i, I cut myself short here but if you want to get the the free guide that i wrote on engagement then go to www.barkplayteach.com that's all one word slash the hyphen engagement hyphen guide and i'll shove that in the show notes as well so you can grab that and that's a free guide that will walk you briefly through how to get your dog more engaged with you and it will you know full disclosure it will also sign you up to my mailing list but you know i'm not one of these big corporation companies i'm not spamming the hell out of you i'm not selling your details to anyone i'm just using the mailing list to promote the podcast to tell you that the episodes are out to tell you if i've got a call offer on or to tell you more about what i'm doing you know like quite often we just include cool stories and and stuff that i think a lot of you really enjoy um so yeah check that one out the other question is from eileen stevenson another huge contributor to the group Eileen says, not very festive, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on regulating the industry, making qualifications uh, slash accreditation essential, important and recognized by the public. Would representatives from the main professional associations take part to discuss, or is that naive? So, I I took your advice on this one, Eileen. So, um... I'm always kind of hesitant to spoiler you on, on what podcasts are coming out, but we've got Sarah Dixon from who is the president of the IAABC, the um, International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. Got that one right, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, who The IAABC is probably my favorite association that's out there at the moment because they're just common... They're, well, I don't want to say they're just common sense, but there's no kind of bollocks attached to it, right? Like, we're not talking about... They they take a common sense, sense approach, you know? Everything is considered, and it's not... Um, it's not some kind of, like, eco-warrior. If you use anything outside of the positive reinforcement realm, you know? If you... Um, like, one of the examples that is given on this podcast that we recorded is if you if you put pressure on the leash then you're not going to be kicked out of the association do you know what i mean like this is 
this is common sense shit, you know. They're not against you um you doing that, but um they conform to their own code of practice which is based upon Susan Friedman's humane hierarchy and and Lima. Um so it's 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 not a case of go out there and, and kick the shit out of your dog in the name of training. It's a case of um pushing positive reinforcement training before um before other aspects of the quadrant. Um certainly. But it's just so much more of a common sense approach. People can have deep discussions and not get uh ostracized, not get kicked out. Um which is great. You know, it's it's just a great platform for learning. And I, I so I really like the IABC as an organization. All of the people in it are um are great people. So uh, yeah, so I've recorded a podcast with Sarah Dixon, who's the president of the IABC, and we are talking about exactly that um, after your request, Eileen, because I thought that was a great one. So we are, we're talking about qualifications and accreditation and, and what we think. Um, so yeah, you have that to look forward to. Uh, that's in the bag now. That's been recorded, so it'll be out within the next few weeks. I think it will probably be out towards the end of this month. Um, like 27th, 28th, something like that. Um, so yeah, there's that. So the other announcement, since we're making announcements of that, I kind of teasered you into at the beginning is this episode is the Christmas episode, even though we've not really spent too much time being Christmassy. Um, this, this episode is hopefully a little bit of a summary for you about what we've been speaking about but we also have something else coming so i wanted to do another big name guest for you you know i know that you've all loved the episodes with camera mirrors with bob bailey and it just felt like you know if we're going to do something over christmas then i feel like i need to deliver another big name guest so i've recorded an episode with patricia mcconnell I can just, I can imagine some of you like, uh, uh, like I'm thinking of Laura Spackman now, who is another person that posts in the group and is hilarious. I'm just picturing her screaming. <laughs> uh, Patricia McConnell is is really freaking awesome, and uh, I well, I don't want to give away too much, but but the first workshop. Well, it was more of a seminar. The first seminar I ever went to was a Patricia McConnell seminar. And she's just ridiculously knowledgeable. She knows everyone. She's read every book. She's she's incredible. So I recorded an episode with Patricia McConnell talking about emotions. We speak mostly about um, jealousy and guilt. And does your dog or will your dog really protect you? Or is it just self-preservation? So we had a, a very deep discussion. In fact, Patricia was supposed to leave after about 45 minutes because uh, she was really restricted on time. And actually, um, come 45 minutes, she just decided to carry on because she was because we were having such a deep conversation. So uh, that gives you a, a hint at, um, at, at what's to come. It was a really fun one. So yeah, I'm gonna record. I'm gonna uh, release that um, within the next few days, certainly, um, so that you can you have something to listen to as you're traveling over the Christmas period. 
And yeah, I hope you really enjoy that one. So I think we've kind of covered everything here. I, I hope that I've answered the questions that those of you have wrote in the group. Uh, we've gone over some of the stuff that you discovered this year. We've gone over guest of the year, huge props, huge respect to Jane Arden. Um, just killing it. Um, if you haven't checked out that episode, then do, because I think a lot of people really enjoyed that one. Well, clearly, clearly a lot of people really enjoyed that one. Um, and yeah, thanks for making this year really awesome for me. I, I've, I'm hugely reinforced at this point. Um, there's certainly no plans to, to stop now. I'm going to keep going. We've got, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm well ahead on the episodes at this point. We have loads in the, in the bank and, uh, Yes, a lot of stuff that you're going to really enjoy. And we're just going to uh, keep going into 2019. There are a few things that I'm hoping to do in 2019. So I guess I'll say it here just to kind of give myself some accountability. Um, I really want to add a video, a video element to the podcast. I want to, I want to be able to upload the podcast to YouTube and not in a shit way, not for it just to be an image. I want it to be uh, a video podcast as well. You know, I want to give you that option for those of you that that want that. And uh, whether those, whether it will be posted on Facebook in video format is yet to be seen, because I I think that Facebook sometimes can be um, challenging for long form video. But we'll we'll see what happens. So yeah, that's something I I certainly want to do, and that's high up on my. Uh, priorities list for now we also have some um well i I have written on my wish list a lot of huge guests we had a a kind of um we had a few threads where you were recommending guests to me so i've taken note um there are a lot of people to get to so yeah got a lot of cool shit to come in 2019 i hope you really enjoyed this year i certainly did and yeah it's great to have just had such a successful year with this podcast so thanks so much for uh, for doing everything that you've done. And have a Merry Christmas, people. Uh, see you in 2019. See ya.